There's a new leader, potentially, for the Ontario New Democrats. She is Murrett Stiles, a Davenport MPP, and she joined me on the show to talk about where the party needs to go, where it has been, where the 22 election went wrong, and many other issues uh, involved with education as well right now, given the start of school and, of course, uh, labor negotiations going on between the current government and many of the education unions. That conversation right here. I'm very pleased to welcome on uh, the uh, NDP MPP, Mart Stiles. She's also running for leader of the Ontario NDP. Before we get to all those issues in our province, you're, a, you're an Atlantic Canada uh, heritage person. This must be, we're all watching the TV, just cringing a little bit. We're hoping, fingers crossed, toes crossed. This is bad news. Yeah, it's not good at all. I was actually just talking to my, uh, my, my in-laws uh, last night who are on the west coast of Newfoundland. Uh, I grew up in Newfoundland, mm-hmm. born and raised. They're on the west coast of the island, which is going to get hit really hard. So we're 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 really worried about everybody. But uh, I and you know, especially communities like that have been hit not that long ago, like Halifax. Um, so we're all really hoping that uh, folks are safe and uh, and stay well. And I know everybody down there are over there is is getting prepared yeah you can help our listeners who know people out there they they haven't been told leave or evacuate they're just getting told be very very wary of circumstances it may get to that point where they say leave a certain area won't it it could happen it it could happen for sure um absolutely Uh, it's pretty rare though i would say in that part of the world i mean i think people uh have been battered before and they're used to some pretty awful weather so i i really hope that um, I mean, I know that everybody will be told what to do and when they need to move on if they need to. But uh, hopefully, you know, with any luck, um, you know, it will pass and they will. Everybody will be safe. But I know people are getting, you know, they're getting they're battening down. You know, they really are. And also preparing uh, to maybe be without power for a while. Mart Styles, our guest on uh, Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. We'll get to your announcement yesterday. We were just talking about uh, what's going on right now with today. The Canadian Union of Public Employees will have a strike vote today. I don't I know and you know there's not a public appetite for job action, labor action at the same time. Um, people want this expedited. And I, I'm worried it'll there will be a lot of anger among parents uh, blaming both sides for this particular scenario. Are you hopeful? Are you hopeful that that somewhere, um, the you know, there's there's a middle ground, there's a neutral territory here that the government and and this particular union can can sign a deal? Oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, there is a deal. There's a deal to be had, uh, no question. Uh, but what's required here, and I, I have to say, I really do feel the government has not really handled this well. You know, I, I think uh, the minister hasn't really, he's been saying a lot of kind of rather threatening things. Uh, and and I think that's not helpful, right? He's been ramping up the rhetoric on this for a while and not setting a great tone. And, you know, I think we have to accept too, there is a, it's a really different day today. This is not a normal time in Ontario, right? People mm. are leaving uh, our hospitals, people that work in hospitals, people that work in schools are leaving too because the conditions aren't great because they're overwhelmed and overworked and they don't feel respected. And a lot of the workers that are going to be, you know, in the process of negotiating right now with the government and are taking this vote are people who work for 39000 or less. I mean, these are, these are some of our lower paid workers, our early childhood educators and educational assistants and custodians and more. And these folks, you know, have been really like, they're seeing the cost of living like the rest of us. It's soaring. Everything costs a lot more. So, you know, keeping them to uh, a 1% or something like that increase 
is really a pay cut for them. And so I think that, you know, right now when we are having trouble finding enough people to work in some of these positions, uh, the government needs to get real about it. And, and, you know, I think sit down and talk to them about what it's going to take to keep people on the job. I think the struggle, I, I, I think the struggle is it's, it's the, it's a public sector job. And if you as an MPP said cost of living tougher for MPPs too, we want to give ourselves an 11.7% raise. Admittedly, your baseline salary is more and it isn't an average of 30, thousand but I do wonder I think that's that's going to be the, the the ask that seems out of touch re- with reality it's not the baseline salary it's the ask of an increase based on inflation yeah no I hear you on that I mean I would say that some of the private sector unions and you know private sector uh, workers are getting much more significant raises because, you know, frankly, the private sector is saying, yeah, like things are costing more. We can't keep people in these jobs if we don't pay them a little more. So that is happening across the board. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm not asking for that for mm-hmm. sure. Right. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, you know, yes, I have to, like everybody, we're all adjusting our lives a little, right. We all are. But for some people, if you're making, you know, if you're, there are a lot of people in this province right now, most people who are putting 60% of their uh, wages, their paychecks into rent. I mean, that's, that's not an acceptable, that's not acceptable right now. And I think government does have a role to play in that. And one of the things that government does is employ a lot of people. And some of those people, a lot of those people are in education. And we need to make sure that our schools have great people working in them who are well supported. And frankly, you know, those people are parents too. They've got to be able to put, you know, food on the table as well. And it's getting harder and harder to do that. Uh, Mara Stiles, our guest on 640 Toronto. The one thing I look back at a story in October when they averted um, job action with with QP um, and a strike in 2019. And there was a lot of discussion about online education. Then here's where I think the tide has turned. And I know we talked about it several times during the pandemic. I don't think there's an appetite for for online courses and certainly not at the elementary level and probably not in the first couple of years of high school. I think people thought more about it, whether it's been the virtual experience of the pandemic or whatever it is. There isn't much appetite for that. How do you view it? Yeah, I think there's very little appetite for going online at all. Um, I think people, I mean, for sure, uh, there's always been some kind of online courses available to most high school students. And like I've said, we talked about this before. I mean, you know, certainly if you're living in a community where you have a small high school, more remote, you may not have access to all the courses that some kid in a big high school in the GTA has, right? So, you know, there's a place for this that kids could be able to choose that option. But forcing kids into um, online courses like this government is doing, making them mandatory, two of them, like that is not okay. And, and it, you know, really why are they doing it? If they're doing it to save money, right? They're doing it to cut corners because they know they can, you know, have more kids being taught by one teacher that way. But, you know, we have to think about what is the quality of education we're providing. We're, we want to turn out, you know, really great uh, young citizens who are going to do great things. We have an economy that needs them. Uh, we need to create more opportunity in jobs. We need to be creative. Like this is this is uh, the we're in 2022 right now, right? Um, and and I think we shouldn't be um, we shouldn't be cutting at corners with education. And that's what this government is doing. So I, I always thought you were going to run. Did you doubt that you were going to run? Did you have any moments of maybe I shouldn't? Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe it'll take away from my work life balance. What were the what were the pros cons in in making the call? Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely have been uh, over the last four months, I guess, um, talking to a lot of people, uh, of course, my family and my two daughters who are now both in university were are really, really supportive. So 
that helps. I, I wouldn't do it without their support and, and my, my husband too, of course. And, you know, it is a lot to, to, to put on a family. But, you know, I, I really was out there listening and talking to people um, in my party, folks that I think I, I want to vote for us, uh, former candidates, my colleagues who are MPPs too, uh, because it, it really, you know, this, this is really about being part of a big team and leading that team. And I wanted to make sure that uh, I was the right person, that I had something to offer and that I could meet the expectations of folks out there. And I, what I found was that, that um, there's a, a big appetite uh, for some change, yes, um, but also to keep moving forward. Uh, and a real sense, and I, I really strongly believe this, like, I believe we can 100% win, and I think it's on us to do that. Uh, Ontario's been going through a really rough time. A lot of people are struggling. And I, I remember in Ontario, when I first came here from Newfoundland many, many years ago, uh, I came here for jobs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and came to Ontario like other people because Ontario offered a lot of hope and opportunity. And it, it isn't like that so much today. I, I really want to make sure that we live up to that promise of Ontario. And I, and I also really, truly believe that the NDP can win the next election and, and deliver that. The one thing the NDP, I think, doesn't get enough credit for, so I will, is consistency with leadership. Bob Ray ran in four elections. He got it right on the third and had a majority government. Howard Hampton, three. And Andrea Horvath, your former colleague, did four elections. At, you know, th- there there is something to consistency, whereas I've seen the Ontario PCs have struggled with that. The federal PC, uh, CPCs have struggled with that uh, right now. And the Liberals federally were struggling with it before Justin Trudeau. Th- this means, like, the long haul. Like, there, th- there's a long game to be played here to get back into power for the new Democrats. Well, you know, I I, I will say I, I truly believe that in the next four years, um, I, I think that Ford uh, and the Conservatives, you know, I think that they sort of slid into that majority after a very difficult pandemic time. And I think people are going to look at them very differently over the next four years. And I'm hoping that one of the things that we can do is I think people are being conditioned. I think we as Ontarians have been conditioned but by, by government after government to sort of expect less, right? And we've been taught that this situation we're in right now is normal. It's not normal. It's not normal to have uh, 12-hour waits in an emergency room. It's not normal to have 40 kids in a classroom, right? This is not normal. You shouldn't have to pay, as I said before, 60% of your paycheck toward rent. So these are things we've been conditioned to believe are normal. I think we can, we can change that. I think we need to raise people's expectations. I think people are getting really fed up. And maybe, and I think that what happened in that last election, you know, almost a million people stayed home and didn't vote. And I think that's because they felt like they didn't really have a choice. And, and I think we can change that now. I think we need to inspire them. And, and you're right. You know, our party, we are a party that, you know, we care for each other, right? We, we, we have each other's backs. And I hope that that comes through and that Ontarians see that we have their backs, too. Can I make the case that if that many people stayed home, they didn't love the alternatives to the Doug Ford government? They didn't love the Del Duca liberals or the Horvath NDP as alternatives. So they were apathetic about it. If you want change, it's right there for you to vote. And people said, I won't do it. I think that people I, I mean, I agree. And there's lots of theories about what 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 happened in this election, for sure. And that that is the lowest voter turnout uh, we've ever had. Right. So it's it's very important that we think about why that why that happened. Um, I, I'm sure it's a lot of factors, but, you know, certainly, certainly um, people, I think people feel helpless. And that was the sense I get from talking to people on the doorstep, 
uh, during the election, before the election, and, and now, is that people feel like that their voice doesn't matter. And, uh, and I really feel like that piece of what we, we as politicians do, it's our job. It's our job to, mm-hmm. to inspire um, and, to, and to connect with people, to listen to what they want to hear and what they need. Um, and if they feel that reflected back to them and that there's somebody who's actually got their back and can make change, I think they will come out and vote next time. And I hope they'll vote for us. So I sat with uh, with my parents who are uh, both teachers, as you know, and the longtime NDP voters. And I sat with them a couple weeks back when I visited them. And they say that they feel a little adrift right now. And there was a quote from the party. And, and there was a quote a week after the election in the Toronto Star, a senior NDP insiders quoted as saying, we gave up the working class to get the chattering class and we do great with the chattering class. Is there any validity to that? A lot of labor unions said we support Doug Ford and and the labor vote has usually gone to the New Democrats. Is there any validity to getting the working class back with you? No, I I mean, the NDP, the the roots of the end. First of all, I'll say that, you know, the NDP is the party of labor, right? We we are a party that was built by by progressives, by by labor, by by farmers, you know, that came together to build like a progressive alternative movement, right? And we've done amazing things in provinces all across this country, um, you know, for working people. Uh, and I do think that working people right now are are feeling, like I said, like everybody else, they're struggling. Uh, and they need a government that's going to understand them. You know, I, I think that people are, are absolutely, like the, the conservatives are really good at photo ops. They have a good line. Um, and, and they're trying, they're, without question, they're trying to convince people to vote for them. The truth is, though, that they are not serving working people, that that under this government, we are seeing a weakening of the laws and the protections for working people. Um, and we need, and absolutely, it's on us as the NDP not to take any of those relationships we have for granted. Um, and I come from that. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. a strong background. I know we can we can we stand for people, whether you're a, a, a trade unionist, whether you whether you're a, in a manufacturing plant or you're a teacher um, or, you, you know, also, let's talk about those people who are not members of the union and would like to be and would like to have the protections mm-hmm. that unions offer. You know, let's how do we make that easier for people? So I do think there's a lot of work to be done and I'm not going to take it for granted for sure. Um, this issue with uh, Halton District School Board, um, it's an international story, and you're the NDP education critic, so it's important that I ask you about it. It's confusing. It's complex. I think we've all felt a little bit conflicted. This teacher needs to be protected and safe, and we absolutely have to recognize gender identity and gender expression. I think, Marit, the, the struggle people may have, may have with it, is is this a dress code issue? Is this a logistics issue for the school? What have you heard from people across the province, educators and parents, because that matters too. You're there for educators and parents about this particular issue. Mm. Well, I mean, look, I, again, I think there's a lot of questions there about, um, and, and this this whole issue, right, is tied into things that we also are dealing with with students, right? Students who mm-hmm. are, are, have their dress, co- their dress code issues too, right? And so I think it's, it's hard to talk about uh, a situation where somebody is, um, in a situation like this, like I have a lot of sympathy uh, for the, the the teacher in this situation, right? And I, I think, I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, I, it's it's unfortunate that anybody should be shamed and and singled out like this. Um, and and schools do need to have, like, we need to have conversations about how we um, how we. I mean, there are real issues around policing people's 
clothing and bodies and the way that they present themselves and uh, and things are changing. So, I mean, it's an important conversation to have, but I, I do think um, that uh, it, the, the whole situation is very unfortunate. I feel very badly for everybody involved and particularly for, frankly, for the teacher. Um, I think there's a lot of questions that we have to, we have to start to address as a society about, um, mm. you know, about how, how we perceive trans people and women. And, and these are not, these are not easy conversations sometimes for some people, but it's important that we have them and that we have a, you know, welcoming, inclusive space. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think anything, it's it's like any relationship at work, at home. If you don't talk about something, it's going to get worse and there'll be more division about it. So the honest conversations and how people feel um, have to have to happen. So I appreciate you taking that one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, I uh, I wish you the best with this. Uh, I know there's a long run up to this and you've got a lot of work to do in uh, what you're doing as a member of provincial parliament right now. But I think a lot of people, I felt the energy around uh, your campaign yesterday, a lot of endorsements from within your own party. And let's continue our conversations. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks so much. Marit Stiles, our guest. She's running for leadership of the Ontario New Democrats.